Bibles. I'm going to go to the book of Luke today, Luke chapter number 17. Again, thank you for being in church today. I sure appreciate you being here and being faithful. Don't forget to be back tonight at 5.30 for prayer room, 6 o'clock for our evening service. <clears throat> Looking forward to that as well. Luke chapter number 17. If you're there, would you say amen? amen? All right. Let's read some verses here. These are familiar verses, I'm sure. If you've been in church for any amount of time, you may, have know, may, may know these, but I think there's a good truth in here for us. I want to try to pull out today if I can. Verse number 11 says this, And it came to pass, as he went to Jerusalem, that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee, and he entered into a certain village. There met him ten men that were leopards, lepers, which stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said unto him, Go show yourself unto the priest. And it came to pass that as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back with a loud voice, glorified God, and fell down at his feet, and giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. And Jesus answering said, Were not ten cleansed, but where are the nine? There are not found that return to give glory to God, save this stranger. And he said unto him, Arise, thy, arise, go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole. Let's pray. Lord, I love you. Thank you for your word. Lord, thank you for being my Savior. Lord, I, 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 I'm, I'm just overwhelmed with reality that, Lord, the last thing I deserved was a Savior. And yet you loved me, you died for me, you saved me. Lord, you've been so good to me. Thank you, Lord, for loving us. God, I pray, Lord, you'd help us as we look at your word today now. Lord, I pray you just give us the truth from your word. God, help me to preach what you gave me. God, I pray, Lord, to be a blessing. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. <clears throat> if you were with us last week, you're going to know that we began a series of messages that I've entitled, Tis the Season to be Thankful. Now, let me just say, I don't want you to get the idea that I'm some kind of Scrooge or some kind of Grinch uh, that, uh, that, that, you know, you know, that I feel like if you've already got your tree up, you're doing something wrong in your house. Listen, if you've already got your tree, anybody here already started decoration, decorating your house for Christmas, well, praise the Lord for that. I'm glad for that. Hey, listen, I'm glad for you if you already have. I'm not, I'm not attempting in these messages to try to convince you to leave your Christmas decorations up until after Thanksgiving. I read a statement this week that I kind of like. It says this, the turkey tastes just as good with a tree up. And I, and I think that's the truth. I mean, listen, but my hope for this is that you and I come to an understanding about how important it is that you and I remember to always be thankful people. Right between this, this season, this holiday of getting candy and coming up on this holiday of getting gifts, that you remember how important it is that you, be, you and I be people who learn to give thanks that is why I have this, 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 this thought that I want to preach on this series of tis the season to be thankful. You know, we started last week talking about uh, what I would call the will of thanks. We looked at those verses, that, that good verse over there in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18, that one simple verse where it just simply said this, In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God uh, in Christ Jesus concerning you. Again, let me remind you that you and I don't have to think of the, the will of God as some, some far off distant idea 
that must be searched out and must be uh, must be uh, must be uh, delved after and dove after and like but it is something the will of God in many cases are a lot of things that you and I can just simply know. And one of the things that I know is the will of God is for you and I to be people who give thanks. You and I as God's people, as Christians, ought to be thankful people. We, 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 it's, it's a command. I mean, listen, it, it, the, it, the command is to give thanks. It's simply just to give thanks. It is also, I like in everything. What did I say last week? That we should be people who, who give thanks in everything for everything, and with everything. That is what I would call the will of thanks. Well, today I want to preach a thought that I would call the pill of thanks. The pill of thanks. You know, we find ourselves surrounded by a familiar story. We're introduced to ten men, and inside of these ten men, we really focus on the end at one man, but you're going to find at the, at the end that this one man in this story was given a, uh, um, uh, a uh, excuse, excuse me, he was given a, 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 a healing uh, beyond what the other nine men get, got, and it was simply around this idea of giving thanks. See, I, the Bible teaches you and I that when it comes to being thankful people that there is a pill or there is a, a solution that can give you and I a, uh, a healing in areas of our life beyond just being a regular, everyday individual. I hope to show that to you if I can. Let's, talk, let's, let's look at these verses. Let's talk about what, what I would first call the common problem, a common problem problem. We looked right here, we know in these verses that Jesus is, he is, he is he's on a journey and he's going, to, he's going to a place called Jerusalem. And as he's traveling, he comes into the midst of a place called Samaria. And as he's traveling, he comes across these ten men. But what we find out very quickly, according to verse number 12, is that these ten men who are traveling are not just normal, everyday travelers. These ten men have something in common. They are all what the Bible calls lepers. Now, leprosy in our Bible was a very, uh, a very dangerous thing. It was a very, it was a, it was not, it was a, a, a far more common thing in Bible days than it is today. But when, but leprosy was also a very deadly thing in our Bible. Man, leprosy was a very contagious disease. Because of its contagiousness, that when when that when uh, a person was declared to be a leper, they had to isolate themselves from society. They had to leave their homes and they had to leave their families and they had to isolate themselves from society. <coughs> and while they were isolated, they had to remain completely uh, completely away from people until they were either cleansed or until they passed away. They also, I found this out, were required to wear a mask everywhere they traveled, they traveled as well because of, the lepr- because of the danger of that leprosy. I mean, I don't know if I'm reading about Bible days or 2020, 2021, what's going on here? But <clears throat> they were required to wear masks everywhere they traveled. 
I mean, to, to be to be uh, to be um, <clears throat> to be diagnosed with the disease of leprosy was to be basically given a death sentence, and it was simply a matter of time until the until the leprosy met its final end in your life and a person passed away. But what we also have to remember is this: is that leprosy in our Bible was not only a very real disease. That leprosy in the Bible is also a picture of the common problem that all people have. And that's the and that's the and that's the, the the common the common problem of sin. You see, just like leprosy isolated a person, can I just remind you that sin isolates us as well. That, that sin may not isolate you and I from one another, but I'll tell you what sin does isolate us from. Sin isolates us from our heavenly Father, the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible says that for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. I like over there in Isaiah, it says, it says, it says the Lord's ear is not so heavy that he cannot hear, and his hand is not so short that he cannot reach down. But he said this, but your sin has separated you from the Lord. Oh, friend, can I just remind you that sin, that great common problem that we all have, it isolates you and I, just like it did the leper. Can I also say that, that sadly, sin, that sin, just like leprosy, has a tragic end associated with it as well. The Bible said in Romans chapter 6, verse 23, it says, for the wages, the payment of sin is death. Man, can I just say, the great common problem that, 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 that these lepers had and the great common problem, common problem that you and I have, our sin, it is a tragedy. It separates, but it, but it also has a sentence attached to it that is far more tragic than, 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 any, than, anything, than anything that we could possibly imagine. Oh, I understand the day next we live. I understand the common mantra of our day is that you and I should give our lives over to whatever we want. Hey, give, 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 give yourself over to whatever pleasures you seek. Give yourself over to whatever desire you have. Give yourself over to whatever your heart desires. It's okay. Hey, you and I only live once. Hey, hey, listen, we ought to eat, eat and drink and be merry before because tomorrow we die. Just do whatever you want. It's okay. But I want you to understand something very clearly. Sin, while it may have a pleasure, sin, while it may have some, some enjoyment, sin, while it may excite for a moment, sin always has a very tragic end because at the end it bites like a serpent. At the end, it stings like an adder. Oh, friend, we have to remember the common problem of our, of our sin is that it has a tragic end. The wages of sin is death. So when we see these ten men, we see their common problem. They were lepers. They were men who were unclean. They were men who were isolated. They were men who were, who were far off and distant from society. And they were men who picture you and I as sinners without hope. Yet one day, while they were traveling the same road as this man Jesus, hope came down the road because these, these 10 men with their common problem found in themselves a common, a common cleansing. A common cleansing. Because the Bible says as they come down the road, as, they, as, they're, as they're traveling, they, they looked up and they saw the Lord Jesus. And they did something they were not supposed to do. You see, it, it, the, the requirement for a leper in this day, in Bible days, was that they were supposed to do their best to warn people away from themselves. They were supposed to, as they traveled, and they, had their, they, were, and they, they stayed together in their group, and they had their, their, their mask on, they would begin to walk down the road, and they would cry out this, unclean, unclean, 
to signify to those travelers as they saw coming down the road, hey, don't come near me. Hey, I'm dangerous. Hey, 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 don't. I, 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 I offer to you a potential harm. It's best to stay away. And they would cry, unclean, warning those other travelers that they should come no closer to them. But on this day, as they begin to travel down the road, they look up and they see none other than Jesus Christ coming to meet them. And instead of looking to Jesus and say, Lord, Jesus, stay away. I'm unclean. They cried the one thing that they needed to cry. They said, Lord, have mercy on us. And in that moment, that great cry toward their master, toward the Lord Jesus, they, they, they found a great hope and a common and a common uh, cleansing that came their way. I like what the Bible says. It says that when they, when they looked up and they saw Jesus, hey, they said, have mercy on us. That Jesus looked up to them and he said, hey, go show yourself to the priest. Oh, can I just say, now that was, now listen, we, we know, and if you've ever read the Gospels, that Jesus had the power, that Jesus is the Son of God. And he had all the power in his very, in his very words and his, his very will to cleanse those men Immediately, He could have said, okay, you want mercy, you're cleansed. But he had them, I'd have to take a step of faith and be obedient to him. You see, the requirements to the Levitical law, that if a person were to be declared a leper, the only way that that leper could be, could be declared clean by society was he had to show himself to one of the priests there at the temple. And the priest had to examine him. And the priest had to look him over. And if the priest said he was clean, then he was clean. So there in that state that these men, these ten men were, there they were in their leprosy. There they were, their bodies mangled by this disease. I mean, I, the, the leprosy was such an awful disease that it began to just rot the flesh off the bones while a person was still living. I mean, the, the appendages would fall off. I mean, the stench was terrible. It was a terrible disease. And he said, okay, go show yourself to the priest. While they still showed the signs of their leprosy, they had to, by faith, believe that if they were obedient to the command of God, that he would heal them. Friend, can I just say, that reminds me, and that just tells me exactly the truth of what you and I must do to be saved. Oh, I like that great question in the Bible. It says, it says Lord, what must I do to be saved? And can I just say, to be saved, you have to, you have to believe exactly what the Bible says, hey, but when it comes to the truth of salvation, oh friend, listen, I know there are people that will want to tell you that to be saved and to gain interest into heaven, there's a certain amount of steps you have to take, there's a certain amount of things you got to do, you got to join this church, you got to go here, you got to do this, you got to be, you got to give to this group over here, but I like how the Bible says that to be saved, here's how you're saved, you just put your faith in your trust in Jesus Christ. Hey, if our salvation is by grace, through faith, it's not of works, lest any man, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Hey, and for you and I to come to a place where we realize that we're just like these 10 lepers. Oh, we're just like them. We're sinful. We've done wrong. We've messed up. We have a common problem, and that problem is sin, and we need help. And we look to heaven and say, Lord, have mercy on us. And then we, by faith, take the Lord Jesus Christ 
at his word where he says, if you'll just believe on me, I promise I'll save you. Oh, friend, what a great day that was in those, boys, in those men's life. I can just imagine when they looked at Jesus and said, Lord, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And he said, go show yourself to the priest. I can imagine what they begin to think in their mind. I'm sure some of them thought to themselves, why didn't you just, just heal me? Why did he not just say, you're healed and he made me whole? Why is he asking me to do this? But they had to begin to take a step of faith, believing that what Jesus said would come to pass. And as they begin to travel, they begin to travel down that road. They begin to look around and, and they begin to say, your leprosy is gone. What's the matter? Hey, I just, you're, there's, there's no marks. There's, your skin, it's, it, it's, it's, it's pure. Your skin, what, what happened? Because they obeyed, believed, had faith, and Jesus healed them. There's the common problem of this story. There's the common cleansing of the story. But can I just say, there's the, I, I just want to show you, I really want to spend my time if I can on this one thought. There's the singular healing of this story. You see, <clears throat> the Bible says as they're traveling and these ten men begin to look around and they begin to realize that Jesus had cleansed them and, and healed their leprosy, that of those ten, one man came back to Jesus to give thanks. One man realized that, <laughs> that, that it was the Lord who had, had healed him it was the Lord who had saved him, and he came back to give the Lord thanks. Well, one of the great questions of our Bible is in verse number 17 where he says this, But where are the nine? You know, this one man, this one man who had endured the same hardships as those other nine, this one man who had endured the same, the same suffering as those other Nine, this one man who had, who, had, who had endured the same agony and the torment and the pain as those other nine, this one man decided to come back and give thanks to whom the thanks was due. Hey, he didn't go to the priest and say, hey, hey, hey thank you for saying I'm cleansed. Hey, he didn't, go, he, didn't, he didn't go back home to his wife and his kids and say, hey, look, I'm, I'm free and clear. No, this man took the time to come back to give thanks to the person to whom thanks is due, to the Lord Jesus. And in that great, that great act of gratitude, in that great act of thankfulness, I like what the Lord says at the end of verse number 19. He says this, Arise, go thy way. Thy faith hath made thee whole. Ten were cleansed. One was made whole. Why was he made whole? His thankfulness made him whole. His gratitude made him whole. You know, I, 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 there's, I'm very aware today that there's three groups of people I'm probably preaching to today. There's a group of people in here today who, who don't know my Savior. Who have heard about, oh, what a Savior. They've heard about how good God is. They've heard about that this Savior will take a lost man, a sinful man, and save him by grace through faith. And yet while they've heard it, they've never experienced that grace. Can I just say to you, I want you to know my Savior. Listen, I, I, I want you to know forgiveness. 
I want you to know hope. I want you to know when you pillow your head at night that you, that you can know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you're on your way to heaven. That, that, that I, I want you to know what it means to be saved. That's one group of people I'm talking to. You know, there's a second group of people I'm talking to here today that you're saved and your salvation has turned into a life of gratitude for your saved. That, that you're like this one. That you, that you realize how good it is that God would save you, how wonderful it is that the Lord would look down on you in your state and pull you out of your sin and set your feet on a solid rock and He would take care of every need you've got. Hey, that He would, that he, would, he, would he would establish your way. Hey, you're, you're, you're saved and you're grateful about it. You're like the one. Oh, yes, you're, you come back to a place in your life where your life is now not only a life where you've been cleansed, but you want to be made whole in the gratitude of how you live your life for your Savior. Oh, that's a group I'm talking to. But can I say this? There's a third group I am talk, I'm preaching to today too. And we're like the nine. We're cleansed. But our life now is not filled with the gratitude it ought to be for that salvation. So we're cleansed not whole. Now, let me, just, let me just say this and I'm going to move forward. You see, I, I, see, in, I see in this that statement, go, go thy way, thy faith had made thee whole. I see in that, that one statement the idea of what I would call a pill of thankfulness. Oh, this, I, listen, I know that there is a will. It's God's will for me to be thankful. I know God has commanded me to be thankful, to be grateful in everything, with everything, for everything. But I also understand that with that gratefulness comes a, 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 a cleansing and a healing in areas of my life that must be healed for me to be whole. Hey, can I just say, here's what I, here's what I, I, I kind of, I, I, that's a lot of introduction. Give me about five minutes and I'll be done. Hey, it's very hard to have a bitter heart and a grateful heart because a grateful heart will learn to heal a bitter heart. Listen, friend, we live in a day and age where there are a lot of people who are saved and they're Christians, but yet in their heart has, 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 has buried deep in their heart a root of bitterness. And in that bitterness they have found themselves ungrateful for the life they live. Oh, somebody has come by their way and they have hurt them. Somebody has, somebody has done wrong by them. And yet they find themselves in that hurt that that hurt has turned to bitterness. And that bitterness has left them ungrateful in their life. A bitter heart and a grateful heart can't live together. Gratefulness heals bitterness. Oh, friend, can I ask you a question? Maybe you're here today and you've got a bitter heart. Something's happened in your life, a tragedy, a hurt, and I don't want to minimize those things. Hurts are real. I get it. I've been around church, church people my whole life. Hurts happen. I get it. But let me ask you a question. Has that hurt left you bitter? And if you're bitter, how can you be grateful and thankful in everything, with everything, for everything. Gratefulness helps heal bitterness. Can I, can I ask you this question? When, when the, when's the last time you found yourself on an altar said, Lord, I've let my heart get bitter. But God, I want to thank you that even in the middle of those things, you stayed faithful to me. 
God, I want to say thank you that even in the middle of those hurts, that you've used those hurts to help mold me and shape me into the Christian I ought to be. When's the last time you were grateful? See, gratefulness is the pill that helps to heal bitterness. How about this? Gratefulness, thankfulness helps to heal anger as well. Friend, wrath and the Christian ought never go hand in hand. The Bible says let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and so on and so on. It says, it be, it says this, be put away from you. That means take that stuff off, cast it away, never put it back on. But I'll tell you where a lot of anger comes from. It comes from a lot of ungratefulness and unthankfulness. We... <coughs> We look at our life and we say, my life should not have turned out this way. This should not have happened. I, it, it, this, my, this, 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 this is unfair what has happened to me. And all these things have happened and they've turned our heart angry toward God and toward others as well. But how can an angry heart and a thankful heart go hand in hand? How can a thankful heart be angry about the fact that God would use those decisions to still get glory in, those, in your life? How can an angry heart, how can a thankful heart be angry that God would use relationships and situations to still help, to, 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 to still fulfill his promise that he'll use all things to work together for good to them that love him? An angry heart and a grateful heart they don't go hand in hand. They don't work together. See, thankfulness helps to heal bitterness. Thankfulness is the pill to, heal, to help heal bitterness. Thankfulness is the pill to help heal anger. <clears throat> Can I just say, thankfulness is also the pill that helps to heal, I, the word I want to use is the word sloth or laziness. Can I just be honest with you? And I'm not talking about laziness like you won't cut your own grass at home or whatever the case is like that. I'm talking about the idea that here you and I are, we sit in our churches, saved by the grace of God, on our way to heaven. The Lord's bent every knee we ever had. The Lord's been good. We, listen, I, I, got this, I, I get to choose choir songs, and I purposely chose out, God's been as good to me. I just want to thank you, Lord. Bless the Lord. Hey, praise him, praise him. I did it all on purpose. Because we sing all those songs. Talk about how good God is. And yet we sit still and do nothing for him. Can I tell you something? <clears throat> one thing I've learned about my children is that one way my children show me how grateful they are for the home they live in is by their obedience to me. By their, I mean, like, you know, uh, by, by, you know, when I say, hey, son, cut the grass, and he doesn't have to, and I don't want to fuss at him. And, I mean, there, there's no whippings involved. He says, yeah, absolutely, Dad, I'm going to cut the grass for you. And he serves to show a sign of gratitude. But can I tell you something? A grateful heart helps to, is the pill to help heal a lot of that sloth, laziness, 
you know, we sit, we sit in our pews and we sit back and say, yeah, God's been good, but he's not been good, good enough for me to tell somebody else about it. Yeah, God's been good to me, but he's not been good enough for me to be obedient to him. Yeah, God's been good to me, but, 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 like we're a bunch of billy goats. We butt everything. But a grateful heart, a thankful heart, says, man, God's been so good to me. How can I not tell you about my Savior? Man, God's been so good to me. How can I not, how can I not live for him? How can I not be obedient to him? Man, God's been so good to me. How can I not give everything I've got to just, to, to, to show him how much, how much, how thankful I am and how grateful I am that he would love me and save me? I, I, and, and, and we don't have a thankful heart. Ten of those men were cleansed. A picture that ten of those men were saved. One of those men was made whole. And he was made whole because of his gratitude, his thankfulness. See, in this Thanksgiving season, I want to remind you, hey, the will of God is that you and I are thankful people. But the pill of thankfulness is it helps to heal a lot of things in our heart and make us whole like God desires you and I to be. When's the last time you found yourself on an altar? When's the last time you found yourself on that ride down the car, ride down the road in a car? When's the last time you really found yourself truly grateful, thankful to the Lord for what He's done for you? Heads bowed and eyes closed, please. Musicians are going to come. <clears throat>